Welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. On today's episode, I am in conversation with Ricky Rojas, who you almost certainly know as the original Santiago in the Broadway production of Moulin Rouge. After originating the role both in the out-of-town tryout in Boston, then on Broadway, Ricky took about a year off from the show, but has now since returned to welcome in something of a new generation of Moulin Rouge stars. As has become his custom, generally in between shows on Saturdays, Ricky takes to Instagram to do what he calls Ricky Live. It started off as just him warming up for the second show and turned in too much, much more. If you've ever watched one of these things, you know how bonkers they get. But Ricky took that idea of his Instagram lives and decided to turn it into a real live concert, aptly titled Ricky Live Live. The show will be coming up at Chelsea Table and Stage on Monday, July 10th. In our conversation, Ricky and I get into the freedom that he is building into this show. He's rehearsing and planning things out, but also leaving room for spontaneity and flexibility. He talks about the type of music that he likes to sing and play, how Moulin Rouge has changed his feelings about mashups, and we actually dive fairly deep into what his type of weirdness is and why that has created such great on and off stage friendships between so many Moulin Rouge cast members, current and former. Of course, we will have information on how you can purchase tickets to see Ricky live colon live at Chelsea Table and Stage on Monday, July 10th in the show notes. But with all of that out of the way, here is my conversation with Ricky Rojas. Well, Ricky, you've got a show coming up at Chelsea Table and Stage in just a few weeks, and it is, I have, I can only imagine how bonkers it's going to be since I have watched <laughs> your lives on Instagram. Uh, if this yeah. is going to be an IRL stage version of those, the audiences are in for something they've probably never seen before. Yeah, it's probably like, um, I like to call it organized chaos, so I don't actually know what's going to happen <laughs> on the night. <laughs> Um, these concerts kind of started, they're, they're just an extension of my Instagram lives um, that I oh do at, from the theatre before a two-show day. Um, they kind of started just me warming myself up before the second show because I needed something to to perk me up and to wake me up. So, And I thought, oh, maybe people would want to watch it. So I turned on the camera one day and then it kind of snowballed and then people were, were logging on and then other people were coming into my dressing room and joining in and then, you know, and then it kind of went from there. When you sit down to do one of these, do you have anything in mind in terms of what you're going to warm up to, who you're going to bring in, or is it just kind of spur of the moment, put it all together and hope it's entertaining uh, for anybody who tunes in? I mean, for anyone that does a live show, it's kind of dangerous to go in there with like with no structure. So although that's the kind of the magic source that makes the lives unique, I, I kind of, when I do a live show, I like to have a little bit more structure. The structure is only kind of like what songs people are doing. The rehearsal up to it is minimal. And um, especially with a band, I kind of like to keep it like that um, because I, I like to use good musicians that kind of can follow and kind of jam. That's basically what it is. It's kind of like just a, a jam session, really. And one of the things that is uh, in all of the press materials for the for the concert is very much true to form with the Instagram lives. It says that guests will basically be anybody who walks past your dressing room. Uh, I, I'm assuming you're going to talk to them ahead of time before that to get that figured out. But is it, you know, obviously it 
anybody who follows you or anybody from the Moulin Rouge Castle on social media knows yeah. that you all have a lot of fun together. Um, so I can only imagine kind of getting some of those folks involved or people from other shows or even outside of theater. Um, part of getting them to sign up is just having a good time. Absolutely. And it's, it's supposed to be no stress. It's supposed to be, I like, I like to rehearse a lot uh, by myself to know what's going on in my head. But when it comes to other people, I like to keep it free and less stress. Like the less stress for everyone is like the way to go, I think, because that's when people kind of let loose and have a bit of more fun. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, is if you don't do a ton of that, if you let people have the opportunity to kind of be loose and, and wild and free, I also imagine that can kind of lead to some pretty fun, happy accidents and surprises throughout the course of the evening as well. Oh, totally, 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 totally. Like I'll have a structure of songs that I'll do, but if a song will come to me that someone perhaps knows or that sounds like another song that I know, I, I might just do that instead. Or I might cut one song and do another one. Like, I don't know. Like, I have some structure, but it's it's the chaos that, that excites me. Because I think doing eight shows a week of the same thing, exactly, um, yeah. you know, it, it, it's great and it's fun. And you learn to love it and, you know, you find different ways of, of delivering the same material and you always find something new. But, you know, it's quite a regimented rate, uh, schedule, you know. It's, it's, it's quite, it can be monotonous at times. So any freedom that we, we have to, to create something off the cuff or, you know, to deviate off the norm is, is, is 100% the magic tonic that we all want. And I'm always fascinated with people who are in long running shows and you've been with Moulin Rouge since the beginning, since it's out of town trot, but you left for what, 11 months to a year and then you're back now. But I'm always interested with people who are in these shows for a long time, trying to do something like you're doing, whether it's a cabaret or or working on another show outside of that. It feels like it, it is getting to different parts of your creative and artistic you know, repertoire that you might not be able to get to, to, to exercise in your day job. Oh my God. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Like in the show, I like, obviously I play the guitar. So I always wanted to incorporate in the show, but I wasn't allowed to like back in the, you know, back in the pre-Broadway run, they were like, we're workshopping. I think maybe my character could play the guitar and stuff, but they're like, no, we can't do that because it'll be way too hard to cast more so than it already is. So, um, you know, I like to take, out my guitar and music musical frustration out on on my guitar between shows or, or during a warm-up and stuff like that so yeah definitely and it also gives me something to because i'm away from home i live in france so when i'm not in the show i'm back home so it gives me something to you know pass the time something to keep myself focused and not get too homesick so that, that's um that's another thing i like to do the way you have traveled around the world like i know you have roots in Argentina and Australia and the UK and you live in France and you're working in the U S is that how do all of those different parts of the world influence what you enjoy as a, as a person looking at art and the art that you end up making yourself? I mean, um, actually I was, I was born in Chile. Um, Ch- my oh, I apologize. I apologize. that's okay. That's okay. Um, we're neighbors, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think all the, you know, all the places that I've lived, like I grew up, uh, I was born in Chile. I grew up in Australia. I lived in London for, uh, for a long time. And now I live in France and I've worked, you know, all over the States and things like that. So all the, everywhere I've been kind of just sprinkles different spice on, on different type of music. I, I love the blues. Um, I love rock, but I also like to incorporate some Latin fusion into that as well. 
you know, I like to write songs in Spanish. You know, it, it, it definitely, I don't know, say, uh, marks who I am as a person and as an artist. And when you put a show together uh, like this, a, a concert where there really are no rules, you can do whatever you want. And obviously, like we talked about, you, you like to have structure, but things can kind of come and go. How do you figure out what parts of not only your person, but your artistic sensibilities that you include with that? Is it just kind of the songs that you are feeling at the at the moment? Or is there some sort of structure or story that you're trying to work towards with each individual concert? It's usually tailored to what I like to sing at the moment um, or what inspires me. I like to do a lot of mashup stuff. Um, being in Moulin Rouge, it's kind of opened my eyes to what, what, what the <laughs> capabilities of, of, of where songs can go in that direction. So it's kind of I've kind of taken uh, a, a page from Justin Levine's uh, arrangement book, you know, and, and kind of gone in that direction. Uh, yeah, and I also tailor it to different people. So whoever's going to join me as a guest, I like to see what they like to sing. And then I, you know, I'll do, I'll do a mashup based on a song that they like. Or if they like to sing a song, I'll be like, oh, I know a song that kind of sounds like that, that will kind of go with that so we can do that together. So it's it's a real, it's a real, you know, source. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've had so many incredible people to work with just in, in Moulin Rouge, and you have uh, more folks coming in and out uh, over the next few weeks. What is it about that show that kind of attracts people, both artists and audiences, that, uh, you know, might not necessarily even think of themselves as theater folks? Obviously, JoJo is in it uh, uh-huh. currently, and she's everybody's raving about her performance, but we oh don't think of her as a musical theater person. No, she's amazing. The thing, obviously it's based in pop music. So, but, um, you know, she, she, you know, she, she grew up in the industry. So she's, she knows what it's like to, I could, there isn't anyone better to, to place a team in my opinion. Cause she grew up having, you know, a whole team on her shoulders kind of thing. So she's, you know, she's like the star and everyone kind of helps her to get where she is, which is the same thing. It's a team, you know, like the whole Moulin Rouge depends on her. So she, I, I think she really identifies with that. That's why she works so well with it. And she has a fantastic voice. She's like a machine. She's so good. And she's so down to earth. She's like, she's like the coolest. Yeah. It, it's it, like I said earlier, it seems like you all have a ton of fun. I love the, the video you all put out. I don't know if it, when it was a day or two ago earlier this week with, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, the lip syncing. Yeah. The dance mom's lip syncing. Um, how important is that stuff? Like, how important is that stuff to, like, have fun with your cast outside of what you're doing for the job side of that? Which, obviously, performing has a lot of stresses and stuff, but it's also, I would imagine, hopefully fun and rewarding in its own right. But to have a group of people that are willing to just make kind of fools of themselves lip syncing to a dance bomb clip, like, I feel like that probably has a a pretty big importance for a long-running show. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's like any... Any vibe that we get off stage, any any fun that we have off stage, how how you know how uh, you know how we laugh with each other, don't take ourselves too serious. Anything of that kind of it, it translates onto the stage, and people see that. It's it's and that's what's infectious about it. It's like I know that people, uh, when, for example, people come to watch a show and they say Andre Ward plays to lose the track. He's absolutely amazing, um, uh, and Derek. Who plays Christian like that? We have a, you know, a very good chemistry on stage, and it's because we're absolute idiots off stage, and it just carries onto stage. It's like we it, we're working, but we're not. 
Yeah. And that's, that's, that can come through, uh, in the performances, whether, you know, what you're doing is essentially the same, but I feel like audiences can certainly feel those vibes between actors. You are getting ready to here in a month or so, you know, the exact number of weeks kind of make the change to a new set of Christian and Satine principles. You've kind of done that uh, already when you are trying to bring new people into not only a company, but especially with, you know, the trio of bohemians, like you were talking about Mm -hmm. beyond obviously the fact that you're all professionals and really talented and you're able to kind of slot in without a ton of work. But as you try to build those relationships, what do you have to do to make sure that that vibe that we were talking about comes through, even when you are kind of indoctrinating a new person into the company? I think it's just knowing that, everyone's different and you can't uh like uh, anyone that comes into the show that's new you can't yeah the template of the character and everything and, and like the personality is, is is set but everyone's different so you have to take everyone as they are and and find common ground and it's usually usually everyone that comes into the rouge is cool you know everyone want, everyone's there wants to be there they want to have fun and it's, it's the type of show that um really facilitates that atmosphere um especially the the rehearsal room leading up to a performance so um you know it's kind of no holds barred in the rehearsal room so we kind of just have a lot of fun and this show is obviously fun and i think anybody who who has seen it as soon as you walk into the al hirschfeld theater like you can't not have a smile on your face but it is a show that has some fairly important messages and and has a lot to say with it as you go from doing that eight times a week. And as you start to think about putting your show together for Chelsea table and stage, are there messages? Are there, are there themes that you want to communicate to the audience who comes and sees the show? Absolutely. I think it's a, you know, I wouldn't be doing it with other people unless I had a real love for my, for my colleagues. So love's a massive one for me. I'm, dedicating the performance to my uh, sister-in-law who sadly passed away over Christmas um, from bowel cancer. So all proceeds are going to the uh, bowel cancer foundation here in, mm. in, in the States as a, as a dedication to her. But yeah, love, acceptance, tolerance, you know, those are the, the big things. Yeah. And that's obviously always important, but it feels like even more so uh, now in recent weeks and months Absolutely. and years, uh, that, uh, that we're kind of living through. Um, we've talked a lot about, you know, the, the, the three bohemians and kind of your vibes there, but you obviously mm-hmm. have had a, a few different ninis in your time, uh, to play opposite of, and obviously everybody uh, loves Robin Herter, but you've been working with Sophie Carmen Jones here for the past couple months. And she is somebody yeah. who originated this role on the other side of the Atlantic. Uh, so what is, yeah. what has it been like to kind of recreate this relationship with somebody new who has done the show already, but is coming to Broadway, you know, fresh. Oh, it's been really cool. It's been a really cool process. It's been quite, it was quite, um, it was a little bit tricky for Sophie actually, because even though it's the same production, it's, it's, it's a vastly different show that's on in london just like little things chore- choreography timing you know set pieces are slightly different the, sure. obviously the blocking slightly different so it was a bit of a it was it was a bit tricky for for so to get a mind around that it was okay for me because like, it was the pretty much the same show that i left yeah um a, a, about a year ago so 
but getting to work with Sophie has been amazing. I remember when she first left the show in London, I sent her a message and I said, oh, mate, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do it one day somewhere in the world. I don't know. And she's like, yeah, maybe, never say never. And then he ended up, um, you know, having that we're doing it here in New York for, for, for a while. So it's, it's been really good. And she's, she's fantastic. We get on like a house on fire. She's got a very funny sense of humor. And um, yeah, she's great. Did you did you know her before, or did you just connect because of the the Moulin Rouge uh, of it all from one side of the Atlantic to the other? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'd never met her before. We had a lot of friends in common in the show in in London, um, but I'd never met her. And that's what this show does because there's so many productions around the world now. It's kind of built up a, a global community of of, of, of people that. Um, that happened to pass through the Moulin Rouge. So we always end up connecting. I like, um, you know, I messaged the, the guy that plays Santiago, Vinny in Germany quite a bit. Um, I messaged the guy in London, Elia in, in Korea and in, in Australia, Ryan, the guy who plays Santiago. So it's, it's a really nice community, you know? Yeah, that's very neat. And that's something that can only really happen when a show goes on tour and opens up around the world. You, you do kind of, you know, are yeah. able to build those familial bonds across different, uh, different productions. Absolutely. Cause this show is, is, you know, it's, 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 it's one of a kind. And then everyone knows if you're on, in, in the show, it's kind it's literally like you get shot out of a cannon and there's nothing else like it. You know, it's like, especially like if you're training to get back into the show, you can, you can go to the gym, you can run three miles a day, but nothing prepares you for when that, beat drops at the beginning of the show for how much energy you're going to expel in the course of two hours. Yeah. And, and having seen the show multiple times, uh, and seeing you, seeing you in it multiple times, I know that between the acting, singing, and especially the dancing that uh, you have to be, uh, uh, in pretty good shape to do this role, uh, in any role oh, in the yeah. show, but especially this one. Um, yeah. but to kind of move over back to the concert before we wrap things up, I, I you are a musician. Like you said, you play the guitar, not to give away anything that might be in this show coming up in a couple of weeks, but uh-huh. what is, what is your favorite song to perform just in general in life, whether it's a musical theater thing, something you've done on stage before, or just a song you like to jam to. Like if you're thinking about, Hey, you want to go back to something that's familiar and comfortable. This is the song that you play and sing. Oh, I've got a couple, usually bed of roses. Cause I know where that, I know if mm-hmm. I, if I can sing that, I know where my voice is at. <laughs> Because it's yeah. quite, it's quite a, it's you know, it's quite a, a sing, uh, and Tennessee whiskey. I love singing those two tunes. Oh wow! You know, they're just so chilled. Love them. Uh, they may or may not be in the performance. I don't know. Okay, yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's not even a tease. You just aren't a hundred percent sure if they're going to be there yet. I, I don't know. I could sing Happy Birthday. <laughs> that would be uh, an interesting one to do. But it, it, I, those songs are really. They're they're fairly different, um, obviously yeah. from a couple different uh, decades and very different types of artists. Especially, like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure if there's any Bon Jovi in in Moulin Rouge, um, but it uh, feels like it is. It it, it could no, be if it's not. I don't. Yeah, I didn't oh, think so. But it no, feels like it could be. Though. Yeah, but and then Chris Stapleton, very different artist. Um, but they do kind of have a similar sensibility. It, it, you mentioned the fact that you kind of gravitate towards blues and yeah. Chris Stapleton always has a little bit of that. Is that the type of music that you like to play more than anything else? And, and is there a difference necessarily between what you like to listen to and what you like to play? Yeah. I mean, I like, I'm, I'm very, um, what's the word? I like to listen to all types of music. 
So, yeah. but blues, because I like to play it, usually I like to listen to it and wind down with it. But anything that, anything uh, where the artist or the, or the, or the singing it sings their heart out and okay. really connects with what they're singing is, is, is what, you know, draws me to a tune. And I find that interesting. Like yeah. I love singing Sarah Bare- uh, Bareilles' um, She Used to Be Mine. It's another favorite song of mine. I like to sing on the guitar. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah. Yeah. There, I that's, love it. Uh, the, and, it, and it's interesting that every, uh, I talk to a lot of uh, musical theater people doing concerts and a lot of them say similar things that even if it's whether it's a musical theater song or not, it's the artists who are able to really communicate something with their not only their lyrics, but the music to go along with it. The the emotional ride that you get just from a melody uh, is is oh, really 100%. powerful. Yeah. Give me all that pain. Give me all that joy. That's what really draws draws me in, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, again, lots of surprises coming up at the concert, so I'm not going to ask you to necessarily spoil them. But when you are thinking about the types of of whether it's people or songs that you're going to put in there as audiences are getting ready to come to see the show, what is the vibe that you want to give out? Obviously, you talked about the the giving back and the and the heartfelt emotion of the stuff that you want to perform, but. When people want to go to a show, they want to know what type of entertainment they're going to get. Is it going to be a, a sentimental journey? Is it going to be a happy stand on your feet and, and clap along journey? Is it going to be a little bit of both? What's the what's the vibe you want them to walk out of Chelsea Table and stage having seen the show? I just I, I just think I want people to come away from my show um, uplifted and having seen um, some true connections on stage because I think what um, what people like from the live and from the shows is is um the vibe that i have with my friends i'm basically just having a laugh with my friends on stage and i think that's what what people like to see i know that's what i like to feel you know it's like so you know the people that are going to be in the show uh on the 10th um you know other people that stop by my dressing room you know sophie's going to be there david harris you know uh Eric, who's uh, going to be there, who plays um, Ziedler. Um, yeah. One of the know. best. Yeah. Yeah, he's so good. He's so yeah. good. I've never seen Eric Anderson you know, in anything that where he didn't steal the show. He is absolutely amazing. And he's, you know, my type of weird. Um, <laughs> there's, not many people, there's not many people that are my type of weird. And he's, he's, he's weird. What, and I love what, him. What is your type of weird? My type, is, type of weird is... Is people that, you know, they go off on tangents and we just go somewhere different. I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah. Andre Ward, my type of weird. Like Derek is my type of weird. Um, Sa and Gouja, who was, you know, the original Toulouse, my type of weird. Aaron Tabay, my type of weird. Like we would just go down rabbit holes of stupidity that just you can't do with everyone. But when you find your people, it's like, you know, it's gold. Yeah. Well, speaking of your type of weird, I, you know, watching the the live from, I guess it was last Saturday, uh, you did a very spot on impression of a cat meowing. That seemed weird, <laughs> but also very kind of fun and cool. Oh, my God. You did your research. Yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what goes on in my head, Matt. 
Uh, yeah, you, whatever goes on, it, it tends to come out uh, whether you realize it yeah. or not. Yeah, well, I tend to have no filter. I think that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, which is always good when you're getting ready to do a show, whether it's on Instagram or on stage, where uh, you're going to let yeah. things be a little loosey-goosey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for chatting. I, I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed you on stage uh, many times, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully everybody having a great time at the show here on the 10th. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. 